Hello and welcome to TMT Deal Talks, an industry podcast discussing M&A and financing trends across the digital infrastructure and tech space brought to you by TMT Finance. I'm your host, Maisie Clark, a senior reporter based in London, and I'm very pleased to welcome Thomas Godfus, partner at BakerBots, to this the inaugural TMT Deal Talks podcast for a discussion on data centres, power constraints and the energy transition. Thomas is a partner at BakerBots in London. His core business is debt solutions in digital infrastructure and the European energy transition space. Thomas has advised on debt financing for leveraged acquisitions, project finance, whole co-financings and other structured finance transactions across the capital stack for almost 30 years. Hi, Thomas. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Pleasure to be here. Looking forward to getting your thoughts on all things data centers, power and the energy transition. As we know, data centers consume vast amounts of power, kind of approximately a thousand kilowatt hours per square meter. From the moment data is generated to its transmission and storage, electricity obviously plays a pivotal role across all the stages of the process. And the sheer scale of energy consumption by data centers poses significant challenges, both in terms of environmental impact and infrastructure strain. As the demand for data centers continues to skyrocket, finding solutions, I guess, sustainable or otherwise, to power them is becoming increasingly urgent. So I guess my first question is, how do we expect the continued exponential growth in greenfield data center construction to affect the energy transition? No, as you say, I mean, the power is the backbone of any data center. And the more data we use, the more advanced it gets with AI, with, I think, a chat GBT is 10, needs 10 times more power than a Google search and then the next level require even more. And considering that a number of, quite a vast amount of data, waste data is still sitting in the data centers. You will require more and more power over time. Now the question is, and as you as you say, how prepared are we to deal with the combination of the energy transition, the greening of the power, together with trying to make sure we have a green data centers or sustainable data centers, which is everybody wants at the moment. The question is, how do you do that? And I think the question is then, of course, will it slow down the transition? Or is there a chance that it will actually propel it? Because there's so much more interest and drive behind it. I think we will come to that in a bit, perhaps. But I think one of the key elements is the grid constraints and transmission constraints. It's one thing that you can build power, but there are constraints in the grid and transmission, there are constraints in space and availability of space, particularly for the edge data centers closer to the urban areas. But how do you then make sure you have enough space to build sufficient amount of power if you want it to be captive, if you want the power to be behind the meters or close to the data center, but have that data center sufficiently large for the needs and have a power supply that is large. So if you need 300 megawatt power for a very large data center, that would probably need about 900 to a gigawatt power. And that, that is an enormous amount. That is not, that's very theoretical. You talk about big numbers, but when you look at it geographically, it becomes incredibly large. And all and the, all the balance in the world to get this, it's not a quest, just a question of money, it's a quite location, it's about make it effective and the time to build it, having the availability of the location and the equipment to do it. Because it's not only the fight of, for power, it is also a lot of the components are used for renewable power generation, for green hydrogen generation and within the data centers, and they are fighting for the same minerals. And therefore, I think it will propel and we will get there, but the journey is going to be quite steep and quite fast. 
Mm, definitely. And you obviously touched on grid constraints there. What strategies can be employed to mitigate the impact of grid constraints on data center operations? I think so. Uh, yeah, what I tried to say, uh, well, I touched on is that there are two elements of being reliant on the grid, obviously. One is their constraints. The, the grids are not there yet, and the transmission is not yet there to cope with the electrification, the transition going from power that was, let's say, in the old days, you had power sourced with, through nuclear or coal or gas where you were, to m being reliant on offshore wind or onshore wind where you can actually produce it and then ship it. So there's not enough transmitted. There's not enough transmission and grid capacity for the transition yet, and that's being built out. Now, of course, with plonking in a data center where that grid capacity or the transmission capacity is actually already earmarked for or designed for a community or an industry or commercial property, you get jobs in, then you put a data center in that can just drive, you know, NIMBY factors you can have political opposition against it because it doesn't help as much as a commercial property would or, or, or development would. Now, of course, what you then, and also the other point with uh, grid connection is that, is it always giving you the power that you need? Some of the data requires constant power. You cannot lose out. And if the power supply isn't guaranteed, you then have a problem at the other end of the data center where you supply or you provide the data to your the customer on that end. What you're seeing more is what they refer to as correctly, incorrectly, a microgrid, which sits either it can be that it comes on if you need it, or you can be completely isolated. Basically, you're not reliant on the grid at all. So you are uh, operate as an island in effect, and that could be different sources, could be uh, solar, but then you need to combine that with a battery. For the very large ones, there's no people even discussing using green hydrogen or modernized nuclear power. It, it, perhaps not the next five years, but in, in time where you need a large amount of power, localized and modular, and will increasingly, you don't need to be too close to the urban center. You can be 50, 100, 150 miles away, or even further, if you have a proper fiber connection. That allows you then to have a really large installation that is not close to urban areas that you can design the whole system around it without perhaps affecting the grid and the, the communities around it. Yeah, for sure. And as you say, there has been kind of a lot of talk of incorporating grid resilience measures such as microgrids or distributed generation into the design and construction of data centres to minimise the reliance on central grid infrastructure. But I guess you've touched on it already, but are there any other factors that should be considered when we're evaluating the feasibility of deploying microgrids to support data centre facilities? For instance, how do they integrate with existing grid infrastructure? And are there any technical challenges associated with their implementation, whether urban or suburban? I think that's absolutely right. You have one concern you do have uh, is, I think, more for the edge data centers. You're very close to the urban uh, environment. You have already constraints on the grid, quite possibly, all over the place. Uh, it could be quite tricky to get enough to build renewable power, more renewable generation today. And then there's a race to get to the grid connection for, is it EV charging? Is it electrification? Is it green hydrogen? Is it the data center? All of these are fighting for the same source of power and they're fighting for the same grid. So therefore, as we just discussed, having dealing with 
solutions that are behind the meter, as we say. So it's, it's, it's localizes your own. That could be a way to, to deal with it. Yeah. The, the problem you have with the, as I said, the, the, the concern you can have with the grid itself is that it's, it's under, it's underbuilt. It's not built out sufficiently. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So I guess moving away from kind of microgrids, although it's it's somewhat uh, related, how do we integrate renewable energy sources into the power supply for data centers to reduce reliance on traditional energy grids? And, you know, if we're talking about that integration, is it possible to predict a timeline for that in terms of when we'll see, see more models that function in that way? It, it's a very good question. I mean, it all depends on how quickly is renewable power built out where. Um, it's very easy to throw around how many gigawatts were built of solar last year globally. That doesn't help you if a, a large chunk of that was already contracted or it's in the wrong jurisdiction and it's the wrong place. Um, you can have, at this stage, obviously, you can still have synthetic PPAs. You can have contracted PPAs to make sure you got some power purchase agreement. So you have, you acquire either directly uh, from a wind farm or solar, or you can buy the green power through a synthetic PPA through the grid. Now, there is a desire for most investors, or many investors, I should say today, to make sure that data centers, to make them really investable, it, yes, it's a question of the offtake, yes, it's a question of aligning the contracts, but also to make sure that the data center is sufficient and sustainable. So in, in Europe, uh, it's, a, it's always a discussion around, is it dark green, is it Article 8 or 9? How can you make it uh, sufficiently sustainable so that the power source is not... You, how do you know, as a user of the data center, that you're, you're not powered by fossil fuels? Right? So if you connect to the grid, there is a risk that you are. You can't guarantee that. And you, most people want to have a renewable source, but how do you make sure it is? Do you connect straight into offshore wind? Is that an offtake for the offshore? Is that a way forward that you have a data center when you can be further out? The hyperscalers are basically at the shore end of an offshore wind farm or even offshore. Um, that might be a step too far yet, but that's still an option. The timeline for complete integration of renewables into data centers, full data centers, is obviously a question of how quickly are we growing renewables for everything, including, well, as I said before, all these things that need to be electrified. And of course, the virtual explosion of use with, uh, with electrification and data uh, is going to put even higher constraint on what you can do and how much you need to build. And they just have that engine in driving that forward and to make them financeable. You need to make sure there's an offtake. You need to make sure there's a route to market for not only the power you produce, but also that there's someone, there is an, their contractual structures work for the data center. There's, there's a, a contract in place for that. So people don't build these on spec. You need to make sure that they are all aligned and the contracts work. And then of course you can raise finance to it. I don't think there's a limit necessarily of finance for it. It might be a limitation in getting things built in time or quickly enough. But with the right structures, I don't think necessarily there's an issue getting it done. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. And 
I guess to kind of touch on the financing side of things more, how will this increased demand for power affect financing structures, particularly when we're looking towards renewable sources of power? Will we see more financing structures incorporate both power provision and data centre construction, or will they remain separate entities? What are your thoughts on that? I think they don't put it this way. I think it will open up opportunities. There are lenders and investors. Uh, I mean, when you say financing, obviously you have the equity and the debt portion. And there are some risks that are more equity-like and e preferred for the equity and that the debt providers do not want to take. Um, complete merchant risk has always been something that the lenders are slightly worried about. And if there's more contracted long-term, it becomes a more infra-like. There's just more lenders piling into it. I'm sure there are simpler structures where you can have the behind the meter, say, solar, dedicated solar or wind or battery structure when that is, or green hydrogen, but that is built on the back of a contract with the data center, long-term contracting, take or pay basis is just there and it delivers when it needs to. That can be independently financed. Then, of course, the data center can be independently financed. Both of them, the interesting thing is, if you look at the power supply and how you do that, the financing of that, and you look at the the digital side of it, the data center and the offtake of that, this is really an interesting space in the sense that you have digital infrastructure and energy transition meeting. And many investors today are in that very space. And to bring the transition forward, to propel it forward, I do think you need both. And whether that ends up in the same silo financed together or separately, I think that's just something that we will see develop over time. And it's going to be even more interesting to see how lenders and the equity investors are looking at this. There are some big funds being raised, have been raised. And certainly, I think we're going to see a lot of this. Over the next, there's not going to be any slowing down over the next 10, 15 years investing in this space. Mm, definitely. Well, thanks so much, Thomas. I'm afraid that's all we have time for today. Great to have you on the pod and many thanks again for sharing your insights. It will certainly be interesting to see how this relationship between data centres and power and renewables pans out in both the immediate and long term. Thank you. Thanks again to Thomas for joining me. If you would like more information on TNT Finance's subscription platform, where you can access early stage intelligence and data on TNT M&A and financing globally, then please head to tntfinance.com. We'll be back next month with our next podcast. Goodbye for now and stay tuned.